Hello, and welcome to the Still To Be Determined podcast. This is the podcast that follows up on topics from the YouTube channel Undecided with Matt Farrell. I am Sean Farrell. Don't confuse my voice with his voice. It may be similar. (laughs) That laughter you heard was from Matthew Farrell. Matt, you want to say hi? Hello, everybody. I am Matt's brother, and I'm a writer, and Matt is a web developer, a user interface designer, and the host of the YouTube channel, Undecided. He takes a look at tech and its impact on our lives. And this episode of the podcast is going to be focusing in on his January 21st, 2020 episode, which focused on Apple Watch and the future of wearable technology in healthcare, which is an interesting and very narrow focus for your episode. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of your, a lot of your videos seem to focus on big picture, big developments. This was very personal, obviously. Yes. Yes. Because you discussed in the video, the impact of Apple watch devices, not only for you, but for family member who the Apple watch signaled that there was a health concern that took them to the hospital. And it in fact did help you know, set off an alarm to a problem that was a bigger issue. Yes. And then for yourself, you had a similar experience where you had a health issue. Then in looking back at the Apple watch features to monitor your health, you can see the very thing that the doctor diagnosed you with. Yes. You've had other uh, medical conditions through your life. Everybody does. Do you find that your response to this new circumstance feels different because the technology is present yes it does to me yes gives you a sense of assurance in some way or yes yes yeah i mean specifically when i was told that you know i have this this congenital heart thing that's going on with wpw uh i opted my doctor and i opted not to do the surgery that would correct it for right now and just having my Apple watch and knowing anytime I can take an EKG and see what my heart is doing. And if I feel one of those heart racing moments, I can do the same thing. Um, it's kind of given me a kind of a little bit of a peace of mind knowing that I have something on me 24 hours a day that I can very quickly keep tabs as to what my heart is doing. Right. And that's part of the reason I got super excited when I started like looking more and more into this tech. And also when I was, got diagnosed with it, I ended up wearing a heart monitor for a full month mm-hmm. that had these electrodes all over my chest, which was a interesting experience. Uh, but it was, I, at the same time I had this amazing, like I had this amazement of, wow, this is really cool that this medical tech exists where I can have these electrodes on me 24 hours a day and it's using a cell signal to sell, send real time data back to some kind of central location so they can monitor my heart in real time for this month. Mm-hmm. And at the same time it was like, but this thing is so big and clunky and like, it's really awkward to deal with. And it was like, there's gotta be something better than this. And so it was like amazement and like dissatisfaction at the same time. So it was kind of a, all of that kind of made me want to dig into this more. Right. I had a um, medical test done recently, which included monitors that had to be attached to my body and they used, it's the most disgusting <laughs> gel sticky pads yes <laughs> and getting it, it off <laughs> it feels a little bit like somebody's adding extra flesh to your body 
Yes. And then getting them off was an adventure. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, well, it's stuck to my body and now it's stuck to my finger and now it's stuck to my other finger and now it's stuck to my thumb. And really standing in a room with electrodes stuck to my fingers, trying to shake them off. And (laughs) in the meantime, it's, there's a computer nearby that is showing all the readings and it's reading all sorts of signals and body signals and measuring all sorts of things going on in my body with this high tech interface. And I'm standing there with what feels like boogers all over my, (laughs) and I'm thinking this is the future. This is, this is where we are now. (laughs) Oh, gross, gross, gross. So it's, it's interesting that it's the, the sense of assurance that you might've gotten from this experience that wouldn't have been present with, other other times in your life and it makes me wonder about next steps as you were talking i in my head had memories of the um wearable alert button that they designed when we were kids and there was the i've fallen and can't get up commercials which were widely mocked but it seems to me like does the apple watch have a feature or do any of these devices have a feature which is effectively a yes rapid hit just i need help yeah that's that's the coolest i didn't talk about it in the video but the apple watch has a feature where it can detect if you've fallen down oh really and yeah and if it detects you've fallen down it wait it it gets an alert and tries to get your attention to either dismiss it say i'm okay or call for help and if you don't respond or if there's not enough movement within a certain period of time it will automatically call emergency services for you and if you put into your uh, your phone emergency contacts, it will also contact those people that you've fallen down. And uh, I had somebody comment on the the video saying that that happened to them personally, where mm. they their um something with, was going on with their heart and with their heartbeat, and it automatically contacted their emergency contacts to let them know that they were having an issue. So it's it's it really is kind of an evolution of that old technology of I've fallen down and I can't get up, except now it does it all for you and takes care of you f- completely. Yeah. It's one of those, I, I would love to get this for mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> but but they uh, tend to turn off their iPhones when they're not using them. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think they'd get into the Save technology. that battery power. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The My favorite story with that was the time I was trying to pick them up at the airport and uh, I live in New York City so I was going to JFK which is one of the most aggressively uh, congested driving experiences you can have and there's a loop around the gates so you can just keep driving in that loop until the person that you're trying to pick up is there so um rather than try and find a spot and just sit there because they, they have signs everywhere that are like, this is for drop off and pick up only do not park here. So yeah. I'm doing the loop and I'm doing the loop and I'm doing the loop and I keep going into, you know, like when I would have an opportunity to quickly pull over for a moment, I would look at my phone and I would text mom and be like, are you here? And then I would start driving in the loop and driving in the loop and driving the loop. And I must've gone around the loop eight, nine times when I finally <laughs> spotted mom and dad off in uh behind they were behind a large pillar so they may have been there yeah they may have been there for a while and i think they were staying there to get out of the sun it also kept them out of view 
And so I pulled over and I said, yeah, I've been texting you. Do you not have your phone? And mom proudly said, oh, we've got our phone. They're packed in the luggage. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. our parents. <laughs> and I was left with, all right, all right, all right, get in the car, get in the car. No, no, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Just get in the car. No, it's fine. You talked about the automatic features of the Apple Watch and sort of a much higher tech modern version of the alert, medical alert sensors that that we had uh, introduced when we were kids. And I remember our grandmother had one. Yes. And I remember one of the big things for her was the sense of embarrassment around, first of all, just having it. But also the idea of using it was a sensitive subject for her. And it seems to me like this automatic feature would actually remove a lot of the sense of embarrassment. Because first of all, from a physical perspective, it just looks like a watch. Yeah. But then if it's doing things automatically, it gives that sense of it doesn't matter if you're embarrassed or not. You well, fell down. You fell it's down. Computer doing it. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. fell down. And if you don't have the ability to tell the watch, no, no, I'm okay, then any sense of embarrassment is just taken out of the window. It's taken out of the equation. So right. that seems like a, a really good feature. Um, that, that, that medical alert thing, it was going to like a dispatcher. So it was like mm-hmm. it's a non-family member is getting alerted that you have a problem and calls you and tries to do everything for you. And there's probably that plays into that level of embarrassment of involving strangers into this whole situation that may turn out to be nothing. Yeah. But if it's the type of thing that's just calling your son yeah. <laughs> directly, it kind of removes that. Yeah. And I remember with grandma, there was the real sense of not wanting to be a bother. Yes. And it was like, well, you know, if you fall down and break your hip, that's not a bother. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, so removing any sense of, you know, the emotional embarrassment or the emotional impact seems like a really positive step. Mm-hmm. And I think about when we were kids, we lived next door to a woman who her husband passed away and then she lived alone in a very large house for a number of years. And there were some medical scares that nobody knew about because she was by herself. It was it was one of those sad situations where when she did finally get the help she needed, it was probably a bit too late and, mm-hmm. and her health had been impacted severely by being alone and nobody knowing that she was struggling with certain things. So yeah, tech like this seems like it's potentially going to be able to monitor more and more. And one of the, one of the comments that I spotted in your, um, from your viewers was, from and again i am for the length of this podcast whenever i read <laughs> usernames it's a combination of people coming up with you know funny little monikers for themselves so sometimes i might say something that sounds kind of strange for that reason but then the other one is uh people with names that are are distinct and unique and I am doing my best to try and figure out how to pronounce them. So I apologize ahead of time to anybody if I actually mangle your name. And as somebody whose name is Sean Farrell and it has been pronounced Seen Farrell for my entire life by people who apparently have never seen the Irish spelling of the word Sean, 
um, I completely understand the the special uh, nuances of of yes. having a name which is mispronounced. Uh, the first comment that caught my eye was from Dennis Schlackow, who wrote, Matt, I'd love to see blood pressure monitoring added to the Apple Watch. I didn't think it was possible till you mentioned that one company that has already developed a watch size wearable blood pressure monitor, mm-hmm. which I think is fascinating. And that got me thinking about uh, snoring and right sleep monitoring and i know that i had a i had an app on my phone that i was trying to use to track uh sleep patterns for myself and the the biggest issue for it was that the instructions were put the phone on your bed yeah and i was just like that's no i'm not going to do that like <laughs> Yeah. What if I kick it off? What if you know? What if I you know sweep it off with my hand or something like that? But also just the idea of having your phone on your bed, I'm like that's not convenient. That doesn't sound right. But it feels like the Apple Watch. If if you're inclined to wear your watch 24 hours a day, it seems like sleep monitoring and even snore monitoring could be something that that would be a feature that the watch could do. Oh, absolutely. Especially that now that they're doing like with a Series Four and Series Five. They have that noise app. It's like they could monitor even for the noise in your environment to try to track snoring, mm-hmm. like you're, you're mentioning. So it's like taking your heart rate, you know, tossing and turning, and also your noise level could all play a role in right. sleep monitoring. And there are sleep tracking apps that tap into the Apple Watch already. Mm-hmm. And there's also interesting tech that has nothing to do with the watch that, in fact, I use one. It's a, a, a bed pad that you just like a bed sheet that you put on the underneath your bed sheets on top of your mattress. And it's got a built-in sensor across it and it tracks your sleep into it. So it's like, well, that's, I don't have to wear anything. That's remarkable. But it retracts when my wife and I both go to bed. It tracks how our sleep was when we woke up and got out of bed. So in the next day you can see, Oh, I got up two times in the middle of the night or, you know, I woke up around three o'clock in the morning and fell back asleep around four and it gives you a sleep rating. And, um, even tracks temperature mm. and stuff like that in your bed. So it can tell you like your bed was too warm. You need to cool it down. Right. Or you were too hot. You know, it, it can let you know what's off that might be affecting your sleep. And what is it? It's not using sound. It would be using pressure and temperature and it, it's using, it's using just electrodes. So it's just tracking movement, movements and pressure, I think is what it's basically doing. Hmm. It's very cool. It that's, works. It works pretty well. That's fascinating. And yeah. and you know, as far as the snoring would be concerned, um, it would be interesting if there was the ability to also recognize apnea. Yeah, because that would be that's the big culprit. You know, the snoring is an annoyance, but the apnea is a health risk. So yeah, I also spotted this one, which uh, connects with something you said earlier. It's from John Burns, and Thank you for having a name that <laughs> it's easy to pronounce. It's easy to pronounce <laughs> unless of course it's all silent. And I just don't know that. Uh, John wrote, Matt, this is an excellent video and I'd love to see more of the same, more in a similar vein. My in-laws are in their eighties, 85 and 87 mentally fine. But as you'd expect, the original equipment has a bit of wear. I wonder if you would consider doing a regular bit on how we might use tech to monitor our aging parents and loved ones. I realize that there is technology available, e.g. the Echoes show, 
that affords the ability to drop in and do video chats. This is a good, this is good, but we could use more help. And I've learned over the years that when I think of something, there's usually nothing unique about my thought or circumstances. Entirely likely that others are in the same predicament my wife and I are in. Right. It's like, as you and I get older, we Mm -hmm. will probably be embracing technology far more easily than our parents. Our parents don't view the technology in the same way. And you mentioned you'd love to have give Apple watches to mom and dad. And I can just imagine dad sitting there and looking at it and thinking, what do I do with this? Yeah. Um, I can see mom cooing over it while still unaware of what she might do with it. But dad in particular would be, inclined to say like i don't i just don't know what i would do with this he'd leave it in the box and yeah. put it in the closet and forget about it yeah and yeah. and so it, it is a there is a steep learning curve to a lot of this uh, even as seamless as i don't have an apple watch but i'm sure that when you get an apple watch the apple watch and your phone probably immediately just say like oh hello we're connected now yes basically yeah and so th- there's that issue of even with that, like we joked earlier, mom and dad don't care. Don't even leave their phones on most of the time. They yes. don't carry them on their person. Are there any devices that are coming out that are standalone? They would have some of these features that might be helpful to somebody who is less inclined to say technology is a good thing for me. Most of the devices I was finding and I know of all require a computer or most of them often your phone like there's some kind of app you have to install on your phone and pair it with and do all that kind of stuff and in the realm of if you're semi-tech friendly you'll get it and you'll be able to set it up Mm -hmm. but there is nothing that i was finding that is like take it out of the box turn it on and it just works right on its own and for me that's the biggest hurdle to overcome so it's like it rumors around the apple watch and it's not that hard of a stretch but apple has each iteration of the apple watch is taking a step closer and closer to independence like you used to have to have um you know when you got an ipod you had to attach it to your mac to put your music on it and then the itunes store removed the computer and you can put music directly on your ipod and directly onto your iphone Mm -hmm. and so it's like they've slowly became independent devices and the apple watch is moving that direction so there's going to be a point at which you can buy a cellular uh, Apple Watch, and it won't care if you're an Android user or an iPhone user because you don't connect it to it in the same way. It's not required. Right. And when you get to that point, then you could get one for mom and dad and say, here you go. Let's set it up. Now just charge it every night and put it on your wrist every morning. Right. So it's like it will get to the point where that's possible. But right now, pretty much everything I've seen requires some kind of mobile device or computer to really make it work. Right. And that's the same thing for smart homes. Smart homes, it's like the Wild West. It's like you really have to have somebody that's comfortable in helping you set it up. And so back to that comment, it's like I would love – I've actually had several viewers contact me directly and ask me for help in this exact situation. Like somebody has a husband that was infirm and uh, they wanted to go to like – when I'm at church at choir practice, I want to be able to check in on my husband to make sure he's okay. And so I worked with her and helped her pick out some 
really cheap, affordable cameras that she could put around the house so that she could check in very easily. Mm. And it worked great. And she's clearly somebody not like mom and dad that is somewhat more comfortable setting things up like that. Right. And so it kind of it kind of makes my heart ache a little bit because it's like there's so much of this can help people. But there's there's still a barrier to entry that I think is still a little too steep for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure the companies that are working on this thing want it to be as easy as possible. Yes. And they know that that market of people who are not inclined to go out and get the technology for that very reason is larger than the market of people who would go out and quickly pick it up. Mm -hmm. So by making things easier, I'm sure, I'm sure they're trying to do that. Um, yeah. And, and I'm sure there are a lot of, of, of your viewers and listeners who probably are, are watching your videos because they are looking for assistance in that way. Yeah. You know, they're looking like I don't know enough. So I'm doing research via YouTube and via Google and they're finding your channel and they're, and they don't know where to turn yet. So, yeah. So another comment that caught my eye was from Aussie to you. And just seeing the word Aussie uh, makes me think, you know, quick um, comment of support to Australia. I'm, I'm sure you've got viewers who are in Australia. Um, yes. And the hardship of the fires there is, is devastating. And um, I find myself uh, thinking about what's going on there and sending support as much as I can. Me too. So, I had the same, same for me. Yeah. Uh, so Ozzy to you wrote, I completely agree that the tech features are amazing and helpful. I just wish that the, I just wish the data harvesting from them wasn't going to be so lucrative as well. Yeah. When we use apps to track our Tesla's battery pack over time, the app will, the app will project its long-term health and prognosis. That's valuable information for a current owner who might want to sell the battery before the battery degrades too much. It's valuable to Tesla for warranty purposes, as well as to CarMax as it determines what the car's used value is, etc. Our health monitoring should be very private, more so than even HIPAA disclosure laws allow for. Look at the recent Cambridge Analytica fiasco as just an example of where data sharing goes wrong. Who will be forecasting our next medical incident as well as the overall demise? Which insurance company will use your watch data to determine how your, what price your life insurance policy will have? Who will buy your data and then extrapolate new findings privately? Advances potentially unknown and unintended from Apple's intended purposes. Kind of scary territory for our health data. And in a similar vein, user Kafit wrote a much shorter version of the same thing. This is so dystopian. What if someone gets access to this? Or if Apple sells your data? you would be devastated. I do not disagree with any of that. Yeah. <laughs> my one, my one take would be that I, I, I agree, but it's also a very pessimistic view of where this can go. Mm-hmm. And it depends on where you live, but there are a lot of laws already in place that protect our health data pretty well. And it's technically not like if Apple did that, they'd be breaking the law. Right. In the United States, at least. So it's, there are certain protections already in place, but we need more to prevent that slippery slope, you know, sliding down it. 
So I'm not overly concerned, but it is something that we have to be very aware of and be talking to our politicians, whether it's local or federal or whatever. That's what I was thinking um, as well is, yeah. is it relates uh, very closely with a previous episode we had where it, it all boils down to knowledge. Yes. On the part of the consumers and people being aware of what they're purchasing and what they can expect as far as privacy. And, you know, I, I, I am amazed that people that new people keep signing up for Facebook, given everything that you know (laughs) about what they are doing with the information that you are feeding into their systems. And, um, it really does boil down to get informed, read the user agreements. Yes. And contact your, politicians your legislators to do things like create user agreements that are easily understood yeah that that there needs to be policy enforcement around ease of access to information for the user and one of the ways that they cloud all that is by having user agreement which is 17 pages long and written in legalese so that it's yeah you also have to look at the companies that you're buying this tech from because mm-hmm. some of these companies that make some motion you know step trackers and things like that for exercise were using the data in very questionable ways mm-hmm. and the way they had written their terms and conditions left that open so it's one of those you shouldn't just click through the terms and conditions you should actually read them when you're using anything mm-hmm. that's involving your health and then on the flip side with something like apple if you look at their health kit data and how it's stored and how it's used, Apple actually can't see any of your data because it's encrypted mm-hmm. on your device. So th- even if they wanted to, they, they, would, they couldn't even read it. Right. So <laughs> you want to talk about secure. Apple's actually doing it the right way. They built it from the ground up to be completely locked down and only you have access to it. And if you, if you give another company access to your health data, that's on you. It's not an Apple. Right. So it's one of those go in knowing how each company handles your data. And if you're not comfortable with them, go with somebody else. Yeah. So it's, that's the other side of it. Yeah. It takes a lot of research. It Mm -hmm. takes, it takes a lot of, you know, fighting our own ignorance and, um, and vigilance and paying attention to what's happening. So, yep. Yep. With that being said, that's uh, there's a lot going on there with how wearable tech is interfacing with our health monitoring, our health issues, both helpful and maybe to some people a little scary. Uh, let us know what you think. If you've got any comments, you can reach out to us on Twitter at stilltbdfm. You can reach out to me directly at by Sean Farrell. You can reach out to Matt at at Matt Farrell. And also his YouTube channel, which is at Undecided MF. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, any place that carries uh, podcasts. And be sure to watch the latest videos from Matt at Undecided with Matt Farrell on YouTube. Find us at stilltbd.fm and we'll talk to you next time.